Coming up on Locked on Dodgers, it's our last episode of 2022. There's a little bit of news in Dodgers land. J.D. Martinez is officially a Dodger, which means Jake Reed is officially not anymore. We're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk about the fact that 10 umpires are retiring suddenly and what might be leading to that. And we're going to talk about why the steamer projection system hates the Dodgers. And then we'll dig into a little New Year's resolution. That's what's on tap. So let's get Locked on Dodgers. You are Locked On Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Dodger fans. What's up? This is Locked On Dodgers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. Remember, this show is free and available on all podcast platforms and on YouTube simply by searching for Locked On Dodgers. Or even better, go ahead and subscribe wherever you, you're watching and listening right now, and then you will never miss a day because you know we're not going to. If this is your first time with us, I am Jeff Snyder. My co-host is Vince Semperio. We are doing a split episode today. So I'm with you for the first half. Vince will be with you for the second half. Vince and I are both lifelong Dodger fans, just like you are. We've also both spent time covering the Dodgers in the press box and the locker room. So we're not quite insiders, but we bring you the smart fans perspective on our boys in blue every weekday morning. This episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. And uh, yeah, I, as I mentioned, it's a split episode. Last time Vince and I did a split episode, I recorded my half. All about uh, how the Dodgers might swoop in and try to sign Carlos Correa uh, after his deal fell apart with the Giants. And then in the 20 minutes between when I recorded mine and when Vince recorded his, the Mets swooped in and signed Carlos Correa. Although that hasn't happened yet. So maybe uh, we could just replay my my segment about the Dodgers swooping in and stealing him from the, the Giants and change it to Dodgers swooping in and stealing from the Mets. But no, we won't do that. But hopefully uh, this time... There won't be any big news that happens that makes my segment obsolete in the time between when I record and when Vince does. Uh, probably won't because I'm not talking about anything that's likely to change quite that quickly. Uh, the Dodgers officially signed J.D. Martinez on Thursday. I had forgotten it wasn't official yet. It's been almost two weeks. I think uh, on Saturday it'll be two weeks since they agreed to terms with J.D. Martinez. And so like when I was talking the other day about the Dodgers potential bullpen, I mentioned Jake Reed as if he is still still on the roster when the when the season starts, there's a chance he could be in the bullpen. Uh, if I had remembered that J.D. Martinez hadn't been officially signed yet, I would have known, of course, Jake Reed won't be on the roster. He'll be DFA'd to make room for J.D. Martinez. And that's exactly what happened. I did say he was first up to be DFA'd if they signed somebody. Turns out that somebody they signed was somebody they had already signed. So J.D. Martinez is in. Jake Reed is out. DFA'd again. Uh, every time he's been DFA'd in the last several years, which is many, many times, he's been claimed by some other team. So we'll see if he gets claimed again. If not, he could clear waivers and the Dodgers could outright him. Uh, maybe he stays in the organization. But like I said, he's been claimed every other time, so he might get claimed again. Uh, J.D. Martinez is officially in, which uh, I don't think there was ever any concern. I don't think the fact that it took two weeks was a, a cause for concern. I think it was just Christmas and everything else. Uh, the Dodgers have a lot on their plates with the Trevor Bauer situation. So just took a little while, and uh, but now it's official. J.D. Martinez is a Dodger, and uh, Dodgers put out a cool, pretty cool hype video on social media. It said, just dingers, as if that's what J.D. stands for. It turns out it stands for Julio Daniel. 
Uh, I didn't know that, but uh, now I do. And uh, But I like just dingers, and hopefully J.D. Martinez will hit plenty of dingers for the Dodgers. We've already talked about the deal. Nothing else really to talk about there right now other than that it's official. So now we know for sure that he'll be a Dodger next year. Uh, the other news in baseball that I want to talk about, and then in the second segment, I'm going to talk about the steamer projections and, and how a uh, season simulation run based on steamer projections has the Dodgers as only the ninth best team in baseball, only winning 89.7 games. Uh, anyway, I'll, I'll talk about that in the next segment. But uh, the other thing in baseball that's going on that's not specific to the Dodgers is Jesse Rogers of ESPN reported on Thursday that 10 umpires are retiring basically immediately at the end of this month, which is at the end of this week. Uh, so they're retiring and uh, some pretty big names. Unfortunately, Angel Hernandez isn't one of them. Uh, that's OK. Uh, you know, maybe maybe someday he'll retire or get fired or something. Uh, but, you know, Jerry Meals is one of them. Jerry Meals uh, pretty famously bad. His the, if you've heard Jerry Meals, name, it's probably because of that call in 2011. There was a play at the plate in a Pirates Braves game. It was extra innings and. Guy on third, ground ball to third base, and the guy got thrown out at home to end the inning. Uh, it was like the 11th inning or something, 12th. So it was in the extra innings. And the umpire inexplicably called the runner safe. Uh, he was out by six feet. And, you know, yeah, it was a swipe tag by the catcher. But in that situation, unless you are 100% sure the catcher missed the, the runner with the swipe tag, you call him out. He was beat by six feet. Uh Jerry Meals called him safe. Game was over. Clint Hurdle's head almost exploded. Uh, if you remember Clint Hurdle, his face turned purple whenever he was really mad. And uh, he, I thought he was going to, you know, it was like, Violet, you're turning Violet. Violet from Willy Wonka or maybe uh, like Aunt, what's her name? Aunt Marge on Harry Potter. Um, anyway, uh, that, that's what people know Jerry Meals for, for a blown call. Uh, another one retiring is Greg Gibson, who has been a big part of a lot of Dodger history. He was the home plate umpire for Clayton Kershaw's uh, no-hitter about eight months before that. He was a home plate umpire who made Joe Kelly and Scott Van Slyke go in the dugouts and stop their little national anthem standoff. He was the home plate umpire for game seven of the 2018 NLCS, the game when Chris Taylor made that great catch in left field. Yasiel Puig hit the big two-run homer uh, to send the Dodgers to the World Series. Uh, yeah, Greg Gibson's been around. Oh, he's also the umpire uh, back in 2017 when Dave Roberts and Andy Green, the Padres manager, got into it. And Roberts, like, went after Green and wanted to kill him. Uh, it was, uh, yeah, Graves Gibson's been around for a lot of Dodgers moments. He also holds the record for the umpire who looks the most like a grumpy husband in a British sitcom. Uh, just has that look like he, he's kind of got a Mr. Bean look to him, but, like, more serious. Like, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you just saw my Greg Gibson impression. That wasn't very good. So uh, if you're listening on the podcast, don't worry. You didn't miss anything. Um, yeah, he's one of them. Tom Hallion, the umpire when Noah Syndergaard threw at Chase Utley in 2016 and famously uh, uh, had the in the jackpot comments to Terry Collins when Collins came out to argue. Um, he's one of them. Yeah, 10 umpires. And I think seven of them were crew chiefs. It's kind of an interesting thing. Justin Turner speculated on social media that maybe it has to do with the automated strike zone coming and jesse rogers the reporter who reported it said that it didn't have anything to do with that but you know if these guys are all thinking 
you know, I might retire in the next five years. I could see something like all these rule changes bumping that up in their minds, even if it's subconsciously. So they might, they might not actually believe it was about the rule changes, but it seems like it, it's something along the lines of, wow, this game is changing a lot and the way we've been doing it for 30 years is changing. And so we can either learn this whole new thing or get out now. And uh, they chose to get out now. And it's, it's not really clear at this point if it was a group thing, if they said, Hey, let's all retire together. Or if it's coincidence, uh, I, we may get more information. We may not, I don't really know for sure, but uh, overall, I think it's probably a good thing. Uh, getting more younger umpires into the game. Uh, younger umpires are generally in better physical condition, probably have better eyesight and maybe more open to uh, technology and, and all of those things. So I don't think it's a bad thing. I have nothing against these particular umpires. Uh, I, you know, I wish them well. I'm sure their moms like them. Uh, but, you know, getting younger um- umpires, I think is probably a good thing. So uh Congratulations to all of them on their retirement, I guess. I didn't even say all 10 of their names. I think I listed three of them. I think Bill Welke is one of them too. Uh, so hopefully that's a, that's enough for you. Um, I'm going to come back in a minute. I'm going to talk about the steamer projections. Steamer is a projection system that Fangraphs uses. I'm going to talk about that and how it doesn't seem to like the Dodgers and uh, maybe some reasons why that might be. So thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. And please continue to keep it Locked On Dodgers. This episode is brought to you by the NHTSA. So you're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home, okay? It's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. You kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. All right, I am back. I want to thank you again for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. When you're done with this episode, for your second listen, check out Locked On Sports Today. It's the biggest stories around the sports world in 20 minutes or less, plus instant reactions, game recaps, and Locked On's take of the day. Locked On Sports Today, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Uh, All right, so the steamer projections, uh, there's several different projection systems, and uh, there was an article on ESPN a guy named Bradford Doolittle, basically he took the steamer projections. Man, I hate, whenever I do an episode solo, I have to sneeze. Hold on one second. Sorry about that. Sneeze over, podcast continue. Um, Bradford Doolittle looked at this, took the steamer projections and then ran 10,000 simulations of the 2023 season with the, with based on the steamer projections. And based on those projections or those simulations, uh, he has the Dodgers being the ninth best team in baseball with 89.7 wins. Uh, obviously, they won't win exactly 89.7 because that's not possible. But uh, somewhere in that ballpark, it only has them even making the postseason 72% of the time, winning the World Series 3% of the time. And uh, I, I thought that's kind of weird because the Dodgers won 111 games last year. The Dodgers had the best ERA and the most runs scored in baseball last year. Did they really get 21 or 22 games worse than they were last year? And I, I know they didn't sign Trey Turner. They haven't done much this offseason. They lost Tyler Anderson. Um, but it's like, 
I, I'm I'm positive they haven't gotten 21 games worse. So I, I I looked into it to see, okay, why do they have the Dodgers being so bad? And, and it's worth noting that ninth best team in baseball still making the postseason uh, despite being massively underrated by Steamer. That's that's a good position to be in, I guess. Uh, but I looked specifically at the pitching. The hitting projections by Steamer, not, not terrible for the most part. The pitching projections by Steamer are crazy to me. Last year, uh, um, Ryan Pepio had a 347 ERA last year. That was like the 15th best on the Dodgers. According to Steamer, Bruce Gratterall is going to have the best ERA on the Dodgers next year at 347, meaning everybody on the team will be Ryan Pepio level or worse next year. That's according to Steamer. Uh, and some of the ones that really stand out. Clayton Kershaw, they have him at a 353 ERA. I guess it's possible. Um, they haven't thrown 172 innings. If Clayton Kershaw starts 29 games and throws 172 innings, uh, I don't think he's going to have a 353 ERA. Uh, but more egregious than that, Julio Urias, 405 ERA. Julio has a 282 career ERA. It's 261 over the last five years. He has never, uh, 2017, when he only pitched in five games, he was hurt. He had a 540 ERA. That's the only time his ERA has ever been higher than 3.39. And they have him at 405. Uh, and, and not because of injury. They have him making 32 starts, throwing 190 innings, 405 ERA. And really, I, I so I looked at some of the, the breakdowns. They have him with a projecting a 22.9% strikeout rate, which would be the lowest of his career, quite a bit lower than his 26.2 in 2021, 24.1 last year, 22.9. They have him with a 6.3% walk rate, which is in line with his career. They have him allowing a 292 BABIP when the last five years, his highest BABIP was 272. Uh, usually it's in the, you know, probably averages 250 something. Now, most most pitchers do have a BABIP around 300. And so that's a lot of what basically Steamer doesn't understand why Julio is able to be as good as he is. And so it just projects, well, it's going to fall apart next year. How many years in a row, though, do you have to project that it's going to fall apart and then have it not fall apart before you realize, oh, maybe our projection system just doesn't work for Julio. And, and they probably don't care. You know, overall, the projections work pretty well. But on Julio specifically, like uh, if you can go to Vegas, I, obviously I don't, you know, this episode is brought to you by the bet online. I don't know if there are odds based on steamer, but if you can get odds on Julio having a four or five ERA, I would strongly recommend if you're a gambling person, you bet the under on that and, and get some money for that. You know, they have Tony Gonson with the 439 ERA. Uh, remember he was 210, 214, something last year. Uh, Noah Syndergaard with a 484. That's even worse than he was last year. His first year back from Tommy John surgery. It doesn't seem like it. They have him throwing 153 innings, making 28 starts, 484 ERA. It's, uh, I don't know, doesn't make sense to me. Uh, a lot of these, uh, Evan Phillips, 356 ERA. They don't buy into Evan Phillips being real. Those of us who watched Evan Phillips pitch, we believe he's real. Like his stuff is really, really good. So just on and on, everything, like, the fact that the Dodgers had a 280 ERA as a team last year and Steamer thinks their best ERA is going to be 347 next year, 
It, it just doesn't make any sense to me. And so that's why they have them winning 89.7 games. So when you factor in, okay, Steamer is way off on these projections. It actually leaves me feeling pretty good about the Dodgers next year because if they were going to win 89.7 games, even with Steamer thinking they suck, when the actual team shows up and doesn't suck, it seems like it's pretty obviously a 95-plus win team. And, you know, who, who knows if that's enough to win the division. The Padres are definitely going for it. The Giants are trying. Uh, the D-backs are going to be better than they've been. But 95 wins, even 90 wins, like this is a really good team. And, and then there's also the caveat that the offseason isn't over yet. There's still time to make deals, time to add to the team, and free agency isn't the only way to build a team and not even the best way to build a team. So they could still make moves this offseason. Who knows what the roster will look like when spring training rolls around, but I am positive that Julio will be better than the steamer projections, and that's the main point of this segment. So that's going to do it for me for today, for this week, and for this year. Uh, thank you for being with us for another year. This is our fourth year doing the show daily as Locked On Dodgers. We started in March of 2019. Uh, we've been with you every single day, every weekday, and we love doing the show. So thank you for being along the ride with us. And uh, Vince will be along in a minute. Yo, 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 Dodger fans. Vince here to close out the episode. I'm here to talk some New Year's resolutions as this is the last episode of 2022. And now we could go through and, and you know, give resolutions for every player on the team we could go through. But I narrowed it down to just three uh, resolutions for the Dodgers in 2023. With the first one being Gavin Lux. And this is somewhat under the assumption that he's going to play shortstop, be the everyday shortstop for the Dodgers next season, but it also applies if he remains at second base, if the Dodgers do end up finding someone else to play shortstop. And it's to relax, relax. He did a very good job of this in, at the plate last season. He he seemed to relax a little bit. He you know what didn't have any pressure at the bottom of the lineup he produced pretty well uh if it wasn't for you know an injury leading into a struggling second half he would have had a really 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 good offensive season uh but instead it was just a, a good offensive season it could you know could be better but um I think offensively, I don't think he's figured it out by any means, but I do think he's been better, and I think he has a better understanding of what he needs to do and what he can do at the plate. Uh, but my resolution comes more so on the defensive side, and it's not an indication like, oh, I don't believe in Gavin Lux and his defense because you know Gavin Lux defensively, while his errors seem to be compounded a lot of the times, and that's what made us think about, oh, man, Gavin Lux and throwing errors, he didn't really make that many. It wasn't an egregious amount of errors. It was just that they all happened to uh, seem to be followed by more base hits or home runs or runs or whatever the case is. But, you know, and, and this is not to you know, put my projections onto him or to kind of, you know, dismiss what he's doing as a major league baseball player. It does seem though that it comes from whether it's the yips, whether it's nervousness, whether it's, you know, whatever it is, when he does make those errors, it's 
most of the time self-inflicted from it looks like upstairs in his head. And I think for him, I mean, we've seen Lux is really one of the first mega prospects the Dodgers have brought up in recent years that struggled and didn't really hit the ground running. You know, Seager took over shortstop into a playoff, you know, wasn't a deep run, but into the playoffs and then won rookie of the year. You know, even Jock had a pretty solid rookie season. You know, even if you a little bit further, Yasiel Puig had a pretty solid rookie season. You know, Cody Bellinger won rookie of the year. You know, Walker Buehler inserted himself into into the starting rotation. And then in his first postseason had, you know, threw a gem against the Red Sox from the World Series. And I think, I don't know if, with Lux, I, it's a matter of, I don't know, was he thinking about all these things? And then when it wasn't quite working out, that come, you know, added on and, and he struggled maybe more than he should have or would have normally. I don't know if it's a matter of, like they say, a kid growing up in a, in a state that doesn't usually produce MLB talent because of weather and everything else in Wisconsin. So, you know, he was talented, but he's never really been challenged like that. And, you know, it's very hard to, to deal with uh, failure, you know, not not failure as a whole, but failure in the game of baseball, you know, making errors, not hitting 300, you know, things like that. So I think for Gavin Lex, I think, you know, you're on the roster. Clearly the Dodgers believe in you enough to be December 30th. You're still the, the starting shortstop. They're not in panic mode. Now this might change by the time the season starts, but even it still applies at second base. It, it's just to relax, play baseball. Been playing baseball your whole life. Trust yourself. Trust that you can get it done, and just you know, not to steal from from a Disney movie. I've never even seen Frozen, but you know, let it go. Don't think about it. Just go play ball. Balls hit you, throw it. That's it. You you've thrown a baseball probably a million times in your life. So that's my resolution for Gavin Lux. My next resolution is for Mookie Betts, and this one may be a little bit unfair and maybe not so much. I guess it is a resolution, but it's not necessarily something he needs to change. But I think Mookie Betts needs to go win MVP this year. And I I think that for the Dodgers, for this team that the Dodgers currently have, now, like I said, there still might be changes before this year. But for this team that the Dodgers currently have, Mookie Betts has to be not an MVP candidate. And if you're going to be an MVP candidate, you might as well go for MVP because where the Dodgers win is, you know, depth for the most throughout this last 10 years of making the playoffs. Depth has been the biggest part of the Dodgers last year. They also had the star power to go along with the depth. You know, that top three of the order was, was pretty devastating. Um, and even if you add four, Will Smith was, you know, a budding star in this game. So you lose Trey Turner, you know, you're you're trying out maybe some younger guys around the diamond. And you've, you lost in the, you know, you're coming off a disappointing playoff loss where you struggled. Not that that would contribute to why I believe he should go win MVP, but, you know, Mookie Bez did struggle a little bit in that series. You lost to, you know, a team that's trying to become your rival. That team that's trying to become your rival, you know, went out and, and signed high-profile players, or at least Sander Bogarts. So, 
everything is there. And, you know, Mookie was a, a top five candidate last year of MVP. I think, you know, go for it all and, and bring back 2018 Mookie and go on a tear and go on a run and, you know, not necessarily lift this team into like the playoffs. I don't think the Dodgers are going to be that, you know, not bad, but I don't think the Dodgers are going to be that behind in things, but lift this team into, you know, legitimate world series contenders again in what is a pretty strong NL crowd. You know, you got the NL East with the Phillies and the Mets and the Braves all making upgrades this offseason. And they, those three were already all playoff teams last year. You got the Padres, you know, adding Xander Bogarts, and, and you know, they may still might do something that, that we don't expect. And then you got, you know, the Giants not missing out on Correa, but adding some pieces around, you know, they might be better than they were last year. And then you got, you know, Cardinals and Brewers, not worried about too much. I know Central is not that great, but for the Dodgers to get where they want to be, Mookie Betts, MVP, just go, you know, go do it and 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 see what happens. Uh, and this last this last resolution, uh, it could apply. This last resolution is for Dave Roberts and the coaching staff, and I guess the front office, depending, you know, how deep these things go. But and it can extend to to the entire pitching staff, but it's this one's a little specific to Julio. Let Julio pitch. Let Julio pitch. Take the gloves off. It's his last season before free agency. I don't, you know, not that the Dodgers owe Julio anything, but I do think it would be nice for them to let him pitch. You know, let him go 100 pitches. Maybe not every game, but any game he's doing well, continue to let him go. Let him get to the sixth. Let him get to the seventh. Let him throw 180-plus innings, you know, let them or even more and show what Julio is to yourself. Because like I said, if you want to sign him and you, you, you don't want to sign him and have a number in mind and then lose out on him. And then he goes and that team lets him pitch. And then, you know, you realize, Oh, we just gave away a bona fide ACE when we thought he was nothing more than maybe a number two, because, you know, we handled him with a little bit more care and, you know, like I said, not that the Dodgers owe him, but Julio has, you know, been a trooper through all of this. He, he's done a lot of different things for the Dodgers in terms of roles and situations and everything else. And I'd like to see him get the chance to prove what he can do if he's given a longer leash. And I think that can extend to more of the starting rotation and kind of going back to letting guy, letting starting pitchers pitch a little bit more. Um, you know, not using your bullpen so early every time. You don't have to, you know, if your bullpen's not touched until the seventh inning, that's not a bad thing. And this is not a matter of, you know, oh, every single time let a guy pitch more. But I do think there are opportunities and windows and and chances the entire season to push your starters, you know, and make them work. It's not a matter of, you know, it might be a little bit different this year because the Dodgers might be fighting for a playoff spot. So they might have to do, you know, different things and, and pull their starters earlier. But I think it helps your starters as well. Learn how to pitch a little bit differently, learn how to, you know, get guys out and, and, you know, work through some issues. And 
it's a matter of you know the way you the way the Dodgers have run the team has won them you know all the NOS titles and everything else and you know you you can't argue with the results but I also believe that you know them letting pitchers throw a little bit more or you know them letting guys have those chances is beneficial not only for them in the short term you know potentially in the long term and you know it, it it's a matter of you know you've been doing it this way for the 10 years and it hasn't necessarily led to all the postseason success and I don't think it's a for sure catalyst of the regular season success. Only a couple of times have they really been challenged and one time beat in the NOS, you know, 2018 and 2021 are really the, the hard, the toughest challenges they face. One game, one went to game 163 and one went all the way down to game 162 and they, and they lost out by a game, you know, but last year, the, the narrative became, Oh, like, you know, rest your pitchers and, you know, five innings and everything else and blah, blah, blah. And I don't know. I think it could work out. I think you can push your guys. And I think that they would appreciate it. And, you know, if, if they appreciate you, then they, you get, you're getting their best every time out. And I think that's one thing that the Dodgers could try to do. And, and I wouldn't mind seeing it. And, and yeah, it's a little bit more specific to Julio, but it's also, you know, more specific to everyone else. I do think that they could, open the door to give people chances to prove themselves. And, you know, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out or it'll motivate them to, you know, work on other things or work on things that would help them be better later in the game. So that's the three resolutions after the Dodgers. Like I said, we could go all day with resolutions, but those are the three I had. And that's going to do it for 2022 for locked on Dodgers. We really appreciate you guys listening all year. Uh, we need, well, Audio-wise, we nearly got a million downloads over the course of this of the year, I believe. Uh, if you throw in all the YouTube views and, and those watches, and they were definitely over a million for sure. So that's, you know, wild. We continue to grow on, on YouTube. We continue to grow, you know, everywhere. That's because of you guys. You guys word of mouth, you know, everything else, telling people about us. You know, we appreciate seeing you guys at the stadium. I know this season – I was, you know, more than a handful of you guys came up to me and, and, and said, you know, we talk baseball or say, hey, I listen to you guys in the morning, whatever the case is. And we appreciate that. You know, uh, it, it's just going to be another calendar day from Saturday to Sunday, but it is going to go 2022 to 2023. So we appreciate you for all you did in, for us in 2022. And we hope we can continue to bring you this show in 2023 and continue, you guys continue to support us and, uh, you know, we continue to grow. So. Thank you all for listening. Thanks for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen of the day every day. Check out Locked On Sports today for your second listen of the day with Peter Bukowski bringing you the biggest stories from around the sports world in 20 minutes. Locked On Sports today, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Just how you can find us, YouTube, wherever you get podcasts, Locked On Dodgers. It's Locked On Dodgers on Instagram and Twitter. Jeff is on Twitter at Snydog. I'm at Van Samperio. DMs are open on all those accounts if you need to get a hold of us. Let's get a hold of us via email, lockdowndodgers at gmail.com or via voicemail text at 323-863-5625. We're here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be with us. When you get in your car or if you're at home, tell your smart device play podcast, Lockdown Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. Have a good one.
Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.